Welcome back to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We're turning dreamers into doers. If you're ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda. Hello, and welcome to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. And you guys, I am so excited to introduce David Richmond to you. He is an author, a public speaker, and endurance athlete whose mission is to form meaningful human connections through storytelling. His first book, Winning in the Middle of the Pack, discussed how to get more out of ourselves than we've ever imagined. And with Cycle of Lives, which I'm very excited, he was starting to tell me the story. And I said, hold on, David, we've got to hit record because this is amazing. Uh, David shares the stories of people overcoming trauma and delves deeply into their emotional journeys with cancer. He continues to do Ironman triathlons and recently completed a solo 4,700 mile bike ride. And that is what you were telling me about, David. So please mm-hmm. um, share Cycle of Lives and and what you were just sharing because it it's amazing. Oh, thanks. Yeah. So uh, working backwards instead of going backwards and then working forwards, yeah. I did a about a 5,000 mile solo bike ride. I went from basically from LA down to San Diego and then, excuse me, through uh, Arizona, Texas, the panhandle, wow. turned right, went down to Tampa, crossed over to uh, north of Orlando, and then I zigzagged my way up to New York City. And, and I did it in a zigzaggy way so that I could meet uh, the participants of the book and yeah. uh, those participants, most of them I had been interviewing for a couple of years, uh, really delving super deep into their stories with cancer, not having necessarily having cancer. They might've been the caregiver for someone that went through mm-hmm. cancer in a couple of situations. They were a doctor, an oncologist, a medical professional. Wow. Um, so I, 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 you know, young, old, you know, different emotional responses. And, and, and I delved super, super deep into their life's experience Mm -hmm. to try to answer um, the one question that, that I think we all can identify with. And that's when we see somebody going through something difficult. Um, Why is it so hard to talk about the emotional side of it? Mm. And um, you know, the, the, the visual I like to give people is, you know, I, I'd much rather drop off a casserole than to knock on your door and sit down and ask you how you're feeling, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and who can identify with that. So, um, that's what the cycle of lives project was all about. I love it. And I love that standing question that you offered is why is it so hard to talk about the emotional side and the emotional mm-hmm. response? Because that's what we do here at the hearts Unleashed podcast. So I'm going to, I have a note about that part and this project sounds so multi-layered. How did you get started in this? Where how, how, yeah. How did you get started in this? So what, what happened was I had, um, I mean, not like exactly like you're, you're starting a lot about it, your story, but a little bit, but at some point, sometimes people have like an aha moment and they mm-hmm. use it as a pivot to transform their lives or transform their career or their relationships or whatever. And, you know, whatever it might be one thing that happens. It might be uh, you know, confluence of 10 things that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, for me in my late thirties, I was able to get out of a very violent, um, relationship. I was married to an abusive alcoholic. Mm-hmm. I had four-year-old twins. Uh, I was overweight. I was a smoker. I was like, you know, not living a good life and yeah. stressed out. I was pretty successful in business, but pretty stressed out. And my whole life, I had never done anything, but either, overcome the problems that I found, or I would create problems and try to fix them. Mm -hmm. 
And in my late thirties, I just heard the right words at the right time. Somebody said like, dude, like you're the problem, Mm. you know, figure out why you're attracting all these problems, figure out why you need to dig yourself holes and try to get out of them. You know, Mm. why don't you look in the mirror? And so when I looked in the mirror, I'm like, geez, what the hell? Like, I didn't really like a lot of what I saw. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I got I to gotta change. And, and at that same time, in that same time period, Abigail, my um, sister was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. So here I am at this pivot point going, man, this is the first day of a super long journey of figuring out who I am and transforming my life and seeing what I can do and what I'm made of and trying to make good decisions and see where that leads me. And I felt like, man, I, I got to finally, at least on life, I'm going to go get it. And at the same time, my sister, who's happily married and great kids and great career and friends, whatever, she's now heading down a path that's very short mm. and uh, was going to lead to her certain death. And so I was really struck by watching her go through what she went through and the people around her. I was really struck by how they were really good about dealing with the triage. Mm-hmm. How do I get more information? You know, how do I navigate health insurance? You know, like all the informational type things about the cancer. But when it came to the emotional side, they weren't really able to talk. They isolated mm-hmm. or they were abandoned. A lot of people are abandoned when they're going mm-hmm. through difficult times. Mm-hmm. Um, and because people don't know what to say or you don't know what to say to allow them in or whatever. And so I transformed myself into this like an endurance athlete and kind of living with my head up and interacting with the world in a purposeful way, um, which kind of led me to notice, you know, everything around me a little bit more. And and I, I just decided to tackle that project and try to not, not give the answer, but maybe just reveal more about the human experience so that we could come to some conclusions on our own that might help us in our own lives. What did you discover for yourself in that process? Well, I discovered a lot, right? Uh, discovered that um, I didn't like a lot of the things that I was doing, the decisions that I made. Yeah, I think we're motivated by a lot of things. For me, I was motivated by always looking for others' approval. I didn't really have a great childhood. Uh, didn't have any mentors or guidance or, you know, really proper parenting or anything. And so um, I didn't really have a guide. I didn't have a- any idea of what to do. And when I got later in life, and, and I also had some problems with with my childhood. I I think I just always measured my self-worth by how I thought others thought about me. Mm -hmm. And that that's what drove me. And I never, I had never, I was super aware of everything and observant and watching the world going on around me, but I wasn't, I never lifted my head up and looked at the guy in the mirror. Mm -hmm. And so how the biggest change was uh, realizing that everybody's just living their lives. They really don't care about you. Right. Like, yeah, okay. Every once in a while, a boss, a teacher or whatever, you know, will will have some expectations and measure you on it. But I mean, honestly, um, like you got to live your own life. And so the biggest change for me was caring more about the person in the mirror than um, what I thought other people thought about me. It was a process, right? It took some time to understand that and really sink into it. Um, and, And you can understand that you've gone through a big transformation. I'm sure a lot of your coaches and, and community has as well, mm. it, but, but you recognize it over time. Like, Oh my gosh, this is how I rewired my brain. And uh, you know, the, now it's so much better. Right. Yeah, totally. And you've made a tremendous shift and it's led to be making this difference with other people. And so mm-hmm. what has been your, oh, I actually, I want to ask about 
the work you do with people, but also I'm very interested in this 5,000 mile bike ride across the States. I am very nomadic, but I travel in car and plane. And so (laughs) I, I cannot fathom the mental, emotional, spiritual, physical journey of a 5,000 mile bike ride across the bottom of the United States and up the East coast is what was that like? I I need to know more about that. (laughs) Well, it was pretty insane. So I had at that point become like, I I was this overweight smoker, right? Never athletic, whatever. And I, I won't bore you with the whole story, but I went from basically couch potato to doing Ironmans and 50 mile runs and hundred mile runs and, you know, all this crazy stuff because it, you know, became, you know, like, wow, if I could do that, why can't I do this? And if I can do that, why can't I do this? And it really helped me in a lot of, a lot of places in my life. So when I came to this project, I just thought, you know, um, being on the bike for hours and hours and hours every day is a super contemplative place. And it allowed me to really contemplate the depth of the stories that I had uncovered with the people I'd spoken about. We were talking about very, very difficult things, you know, suicide of a parent, um, a physical abuse, incarceration, mm-hmm. drug addiction, mm-hmm. traumas that you, I mean, you, you can relate to, you, you know, but, but mm-hmm. just we uncovered every single facet of the human experience as it relates to childhood, young adult, um, uh, trauma, adolescent trauma, and then frame that into how does it affect your ability or inability to connect authentically in your adult life when you're dealing with something like like cancer? Because those early traumas just they, they really screw us up for for a long time unless we learn how to deal with them. And so, the being on the bike for that many days, hour you know, twelve hours a day for you know nearly six weeks, really allowed me to contemplate the stories. It also allowed me to kind of really process some of the grief that I hadn't um, fully processed over my sister, some family issues. Really, I, I just use it as a, as a therapy session, like a mm-hmm. self, self-therapy, self self-care session, a day after day after day after day after day. And when do we ever do that? Mm-hmm. Right? When do we ever give ourselves care for 10 or 12 hours a day for right. day after day after day? We just don't do that. Right. And so I did that. And then the last thing is, is I wanted to make sure that I wasn't myopic because I was speaking to 15 people made the book, but I spoke to more, but I was speaking to these 15 people who really resonated with this idea of, I don't know what to say, or I don't, others don't know what to say to me. Mm -hmm. And we were really focused on trying to reveal some reasons for why that is. And I felt like by getting on the bike and talking about it, because I was media and, you know, visiting hospitals and cancer centers, you name it, that I could find out whether or not I was just, did I create it or is that really the issue? Mm-hmm. And and so every day, Abigail, what got me going for hours and hours and hours every day was that I was going to run into 10 people that day and we would all, we would have a brief little talk and a tiny little interaction. And they would say something like, yeah, you know, my grandpa died. I'm super close to my grandma, but I don't even know what to say here. Mm-hmm. You know, I was at work the other day and somebody's son is going through something and man, I, I really don't want to go to work because I don't know what to say to my friend. Mm-hmm. Like, what, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, how do you deal with that? Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, wow, everybody's dealing with this issue. So add one more little um, cycle of lives connectivity thing. I yeah. feel like every person 
that I met is connected by that same theme. And so the bike ride just became like this string that that connects everyone. I love that so much. And I feel really called to ask um, for our listeners, like, because mm-hmm. we're we are we are all connected through that. We all have connection with grief or with loss and directly and indirectly. And through your experience, mm-hmm. how would you maybe these are tips or advice? What would you tell our listeners who want to support somebody? emotionally and be there for somebody emotionally, but do feel overwhelmed by that or um, intimidated by it, or just don't know what to do or say or how to approach that? Yeah, it's a great question. And one that I, I deal with almost every day, you know, people going, Hey, from your experience, what did you learn? And I learned from all the people I spoke to that there was a few things that resonated with them when they told the darkest, loneliest times of their experience, whether it was physical abuse um, that they dealt with as a as a young woman you know being being in an abusive relationship and then developing strength you know the strength to get out of that and how they dealt with cancer later in life like all these crazy different traumas and 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 life experiences and and what I what I learned from them is is one uh, don't ask if you're not going to be present for the answer don't ask me how I'm doing and hoping that you can get off the phone really quick because I'm going to sense that, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's one. Two is don't assume to know what I'm feeling, right? And that's part of being present is, mm-hmm. is if you want to ask the question, be prepared for the answer. Yeah. And sometimes the answer is kind of shocking. Mm. You know, sometimes the answer is shocking. You know, I remember hearing one time uh, one of the book participants when I was introduced to um, her story, it was the gratitude she immediately felt the deep, unbelievable tears in the eyes, gratitude. She felt hearing that she was going to die of brain cancer. It was good news for her. Imagine that. How do you wrap your brain around that? Or how do you be okay finding the love of your life even after losing the love of your life? Like, How are you able to be okay with that? It's important that that if you're going to ask a question, be present for the answer. Another thing is don't offer sympathy. Don't say you're sorry. It's not your fault, right? Yeah. Don't try to fix it. You can't fix it. How do you fix it? You can't. You just got to be there, be present. Mm-hmm. Most likely you can't say the wrong thing. You can't ask the wrong question. If you're present and you're there and you're connecting with someone in an authentic way, then that's that's missing from their life. Trust mm-hmm. me, people lose their roommates, their lifelong college friends, their relatives, Mm-hmm. Their spouses sometimes turn off a, a communication avenue. People are just afraid. I literally was on a, a podcast yesterday where the woman was like, oh my God, you're right. You know, my dad, when he was dying of cancer and he was a tough dude, I'd put his feeding tube in. Like, I mean, I was in the middle of it and I never asked him how he felt about it. Mm. I never asked him because it was too right, scary. Right, so it in the too, doing. It was, yeah, it was too scary to say, how does it feel? Yeah. What's going through your mind? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and so- it takes courage to be there. It takes courage to like visit those dark places with someone. But trust me, they're way more lonely than 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 you are scared to talk to them. Yeah. And I, I'm hearing what you're saying. And I'm also hearing it from the other side of like, be honest about your answer. When someone says, how are you doing? What's going on in your mind? I like to ask, how's your heart? You know, and oftentimes we feel, I know people who have admitted they feel like a burden to truly answer that question. 
to ha- be supported, to be heard, to to have a breakdown. Oh, I'm so that you know the identity of being tough or strong, and it's like it's really okay if you're not doing all right, and it's okay to reveal that or share that and and be heard, and someone be get to be present with you. Um, I've heard it another way, which is like how honored people are when they have the gift or the opportunity to support somebody they love, but we don't give them that opportunity because yeah. we're afraid. Yeah, I find myself every once in a while, I'll get shocked. Somebody asks me a question where I'm just like, wow. And I go, well, thanks for asking that question. You know, they'll be like, oh, so, you know, what was June like? That was my sister's name. What was June like? Or mm-hmm. how did she feel about uh, the fact that she was going to die, you know, and had young kids? Like, how did she feel about that? And I'm like, wow, I'm like, thanks for asking because those are tough freaking questions. Even something not nearly as traumatic as cancer or something like you went through a divorce, right? I went through an abusive relationship. I'm I'm very happily married now, but, mm. um, you know, people don't know what to say. Oh, they saw you happy. And now you, your pictures don't have their spouse. Do I say something? Do I not say something? Like, do I leave them alone? Like, oh, do I just, uh, do I pretend like it didn't, like that marriage didn't happen? Like, they <laughs> yeah. don't know what to do, right? Yeah. They can't just call you up and be like, dude, what happened? Like, yeah. what the hell? And yep. then you go, well, it just didn't work out. And they go, whoa, tell me more. Bleh. Right? We just don't do that. People just kind of like, oh, I got to walk on the other side of the street because I don't want to see what, I don't want Abigail to see that I don't know what the hell to say to her. Yeah. You know? And that, yep. and it's so it can be a lonely place. And and, yeah. and we can self-isolate too, right? We, we can not be open to talking to people because we don't trust them or we're ashamed or we're embarrassed or we feel guilty or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and I think um, this book, the revealing of these stories mm-hmm. gives us a way to identify and say, yeah, you know what? I can get it. I, I get what people are going through now at a different level. So may, maybe I can have a few more tools on my belt. Maybe I can create a little bit safer place for people. Maybe I can have the courage to be uncomfortable and mm-hmm. ask somebody how they're doing in a real authentic way. Yes, 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 yes. And it the way you said that made me want to ask you, the, the uh, one of the questions that I ask most of my guests, which is, mm-hmm. what does it look like for David's heart to be unleashed in the most authentic way? Uh, you know, I wouldn't say that I had felt burdened in life, but I, I would say that I kind of felt like life was a struggle and everything was me against the world and me against myself and me against whatever problem or whatever. And when I what endurance athletics did for me is rewired my brain to realize the true depth, Not, and I'm not talking write it on a yellow sticky and put it on your mirror, but the true depth mm-hmm. of every situation that you find yourself in can be a learning opportunity mm-hmm. and to look optimistically at everything. You know, let me tell you a super quick story. When I was doing a, uh, my one of my first endurance events ever was an 87 mile rollerblade race through the gentle rolling hills of Georgia, which mm. are anything but gentle. And I had no business being out there, right? No business. And I, I was absolutely completely unprepared, uncoordinated. I had no idea what the hell I was getting myself into. And about 30 miles into this 87 mile rollerblade race, I hit the wall and I was done. Like I, I was physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically at every level done. Yeah. And I'm leaned over, sweating like you know, white sweat from the salt and it's hot and I'm miserable. And I, and it's like, okay. And I said, dude, like go home right now and be happy because you learned everything you need to know about yourself. Like you reached your limit. You're good. You're good. Dude, you discovered everything. Just go home and just wrap it up and be done. 
And then I said, ah, geez, David, well, if you just go like one more step, like you're going to learn something. And it was something brand new that you never knew about yourself, that you never knew about the world, that you never knew about how you interact with the world. Just take one more step. And I'm like, nah, I don't. And I go, okay, I'll take one more step. And then I went, oh, okay, maybe I can take another. And I learned and I learned and I learned. And like six hours later, I made it to the finish line. Um, and I and I was like, wow, man, like I learned a lot. Mm. I mean, a lot I learned. Yeah. I, I mean, on many, many different levels, not just how to take another step, but I mean, on many different levels. And I oftentimes think of that line of sweat on the ground going, yeah, you know, sometimes you got to quit, which mm -hmm. you can learn from. Mm -hmm. But um, sorry for the long answer, but I, when you unleash your heart, whatever way you do it, for me, what it was, was just picking up my head and realizing that I'm interacting with the world in a purposeful way. What can I learn from it? What, how can I go forward? How, what, you know, what, what can I take from the experience rather than how do I fight through it? You know? Yeah. yeah. I love that. Cause you're the first part of your answer, you were saying that, and then you just wrapped up with it too, is like the fight part. They, uh, there's like a friction in, in that, in a lot of what the story was in a lot of what your experience was of overcoming and, and that when you pick your head up and you be present, there's so much more like fluidity, there's flow, there's again, connection. And that sense of like the the flavors of life or the the experience of life. And I love the one more step because particularly for me, I am not a runner. Um, I, I've had five knee surgeries, so running is not my go-to. And however, I know like it's just a fit, like it's the best analogy because I will trick myself into going well, five more minutes or get to that. I can, I'll look, you know, a hundred yards forward and, and let me just run to that spot. Let me just run to that spot. And I do that in business. I do that in, in life and relationship and you can keep going. And then by the time you've just taken the next right step, the next right step, mm -hmm. you're a hundred miles in the, in the right direction. You know, sometimes you're a hundred miles in the wrong direction too. Right. That does happen. <laughs> but you get right. to learn, right? You yeah. Get, you there's get to learning. learn. And it's like, I, you know, I, I know you're a writer and sometimes if you have writer's block, it's good to just get up and walk away. But other times if I'll, I'll trick myself and I'll go do literally write one more sentence, just write yeah. one more sentence. Yeah. Even if it's crap, even if you come back and or unrelated, <laughs> right, whatever, just write one more sentence and then, and then walk away. Right. Yeah. Because, because it's just like, oh, if I could just do a little bit more and yeah. we're not always given the opportunity to do that. Not everybody has an opportunity to do that. Yeah. And if you yeah. do, and you do it in a meaningful way that allows you to learn something, then for me, that's everything that's driven me since my late thirties. I really love that. I love that. So you have the cycle of life and um, we call in, in my third book, Alchemizing Judgment, I call, I reference the cycle of love, constantly contributing either to the cycle of love or the cycle of hurt. And the cycle of lives really, it just like rings very, very, it's very resounding <laughs> to mm -hmm. me. And um, I just appreciate that so much because so what would, as far as our listeners who are interested in contributing to the cycle of lives, the cycle of love, the cycle, the, that upward spiral of positive momentum in the world, what piece of advice or what would you love to leave our listeners with today? Ah, uh, well, thanks. Uh, look, you know, we don't often have time to read books and do books really have a meaning or, a, you know, do they really affect change or whatever. I, I don't know, but I think that the feedback I've gotten from, from the book and, 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 you know, I know it's self-serving to say that, but some of the stories really stick with people. They're really insightful into the human experience. And mm -hmm. I think 
sometimes, well, maybe not sometimes, I, I think most of the time, all of us kind of assume that we know what people are going through, what they have gone through. And we just have no idea. Mm. We have no idea. And I'm not saying that to, you know, be prescriptive or preachy. It's just, we don't, we don't, we don't have any idea totally. what people are, are going through, what they have gone through. I don't know what happened to you five minutes before the call. I'm like, you might've got the worst call or the best call in your life and you're here and you're present or whatever. Right. Yeah. So we just don't know. And so I think that the book can help shine some light on that, give it yeah. some depth um, just so it sits in us a little bit more and teaches us how to maybe be a bit more compassionate mm -hmm. and a bit more present when we're talking to people. Yeah. Not not all the time, but when we can. Uh, so I think that's what people could take from the book. Uh, I mean, the side note is that they get to know that the proceeds go to help uh, cancer organizations, hospitals, and and other organizations that were chosen by the book participants. That's and beautiful. the cool thing is the book participants is these are not made up stories. You could look the people up. They, yeah. they some, you know, the, the names are the same. The dates are right. Yeah. It's their lives. It's yeah. really amazing. And so uh, we listed the the organizations in the book on the website, whatever. And um, so yeah, I think that's what your listeners could get out of it: doing some good and and receiving some good. That's beautiful. I love that. And where can they find the book? Well, as you know, most books are sold on Amazon. Yes. Um, there's the Audible, which is phenomenal. I had 15 cool. uh, actors uh, each do one of the 15 awesome. stories. So it's, it's really, really awesome. And um, uh, it's fantastic. So it's Audible, you know, wherever, local bookstores, wherever the book's available. So and they can go there if you want. If you want a, a signed copy, you could buy it from, from me at psychoflives.org. And still all the proceeds go to cancer, whether it comes directly to me or through my publisher or whatever. So beautiful. Yeah. I was just going to, it feels worth throwing it out there, you guys. If you really want to support an author or the wherever the proceeds are going, buying the most direct from the author is going to allow the most proceeds to go in the direction that they intend. And so um, cycleoflives.com, that's great. Uh, that way they can not only check out the book, but whatever else you're offering mm -hmm. and are up to. So I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for asking. Have a good and that audible sounds amazing. I I love that. So that's it's such a cool concept that you have the different voices. I I, I like audibles like that when there's different character voices. Oh man, I loved it. So the book is the 15 stories, and then in between is my narrative of the bike ride, the people I met, my own issues with grief and family and whatever. Yeah. Uh, very short. They're they're short little sections yeah. that are narratives in between the stories, but it does make it so that you can put it down and pick it up turn it off and turn it on. Mm -hmm. um, and you don't have to go, what the heck was going on? Like, where am I in this book or whatever? It's a, it's a really comfortable read. Yeah. Well, and what a tremendous project, you know, I, I'm not thinking about the actual act of writing, but the the amount of interviewing you've mentioned, the the bike ride included, like this was a total investment of self it, to even have the material worth of writing to write. Mm -hmm. And so just kudos, major, one author to another, major yeah. kudos to you and your book. Yeah, thanks. You know, I mean, it, it, it's out of one additional element. I know like when you send a manuscript to your editor or yeah. to some advanced readers or whatever, and you got to go, oh my gosh, this is, uh, you know, my musings, my reflections, my thoughts. Yeah, don't judge me. Like, oh, you're all nervous, right? Yeah. Imagine that, but added that I got to send these stories to each one of the participants to go. Yeah. yeah. So when I talked about your mom's suicide and how you walked in and saw her yeah. taking her life when you were six, did I get that right? Yeah. 
when I talk about how you've told, you know, hundreds of people bad news as an oncologist, did I get, did I get that right? Like, I'm, yeah. I'm like, oh, you know, I mean, it, it was, it was fun. really, really stressful. It was, it was a great opportunity, but, but it was, um, it was definitely, it was weighty to make mm-hmm. sure that I got these stories accurate and capture the emotions properly to do justice to that idea of trying to shine some light on this this topic so that that was tough but it's it worked out totally worked totally. out beautiful so so beautiful and um i i had asked you about you know what it what you'd like to leave our listeners with and mm-hmm. something that sort of came through when you were sharing was like the invitation to tell your tell your story like to each listener that tell your story share what you've been through and because of the amount of connection it can, and relationship it can create yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's really beautifully said. Let, let me just tell you from my perspective that every single person that I spoke to that made the book, didn't make the book, said something like, ah, you know, my story's not that interesting. And yeah. I don't know why anybody want to hear it or whatever, because everybody's just living their life. But yeah, you're right. You're right. Right. People's stories are unbelievable mm-hmm. and they're remarkable. And we could take something from it. Mm-hmm. Maybe a hundred things from it. Maybe we can take one thing from it. Yeah. But um, yeah, don't be afraid to sit down and talk. I know that uh, in this book, there's no less of a trauma and no less that I can learn from someone who was just afraid of cancer mm-hmm. versus one of the other participants who's had five different cancers in her life. Wow. Okay. I learned like, both of them are equally spectacular stories yeah. about these amazing women that overcame unbelievable issues in their lives, unbelievable traumas. Mm -hmm. And I can totally relate to the strength needed to get through five cancers. And I can totally relate to the fear of cancer on on, on the other story. So don't discount your life. Don't compare it to anybody else's. Don't like think like, now my life's not that interesting. If people care and you have a moment to connect with somebody on an authentic level, just, Mm. yeah, it's okay. Your life is that interesting. Amen to that. And your life is that interesting. This has been a very interesting interview. I I appreciate it. Um, You guys, I encourage you to go get the book. Check it out. Cycleoflives.org. We'll be sure to have that linked in the show notes and all of that fun stuff. So guys, thank you, David, so much. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you sharing your unleashed heart with us. You're welcome, Abigail. And good luck uh, growing your community and doing good. And um, yeah, keep it up. Yeah. Thank you. It's a pleasure to meet you. You too. And Hearts, thank you so much for being here. I hope that you got exactly what you needed today. I hope you feel encouraged to continue to share your story and ask the tough questions, ask the hard questions, ask the question of how someone's doing and be willing to listen and be present with each other. Because when we unleash our hearts, we continue unleashing the hearts of this world. We love you. Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you love the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, visit us at heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, Hearts. Hearts.